Good morning and welcome to church today. As you can tell, I'm not here with you. As much as I really wanted to be with you today to share in this Pentecost service, um, unfortunately, I tested uh, positive for COVID on Saturday, so can't be with you, hence why I've recorded uh, today's message um, slightly early. So let's just pray. Let's just ask God to be with us right here in this this moment, in in this time. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for the gift of technology, the ability that we can record messages and we can present your word in so many different ways. Lord, may your Holy Spirit, may you open our hearts, may you open our minds to your leading today. May we know in complete honesty what it means for us to live as people of the resurrection, what it means for us to live as people of Pentecost. Our gracious Lord, may your Holy Spirit be upon us, opening our hearts and our minds today to hear your word afresh and anew. I pray this in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. So today, uh, according to uh, the church calendar, it is Pentecost. And, And the reading from the New Testament for Pentecost comes from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Um, And we're going to be reading from chapter 2, verses 1 through to 11, which is the story of the Holy Spirit coming on what we call Pentecost or Pentecost Sunday. So let me just read from you from the New Living Translation. um, And it's from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through to 11. And it says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages been spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rothbone, Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful thing that God has done. And the wonderful thing that God has done is provide the saving grace through Jesus Christ. See, over the years, I've had the privilege and the joy of preaching many, many times on Pentecost and about Pentecost. And what I want to say today to you is this. Pentecost is not just a one-off event that we celebrate each year and then we go back to the way things are that we we are comfortable with in worship and we we go, oh, yes, the Holy Spirit is here. Yes, we we give it um, credence. We may, you know, have red around the place. We may dress up in red or we might have, uh, you know, do kids' talks where we've got tongues of fire on people's heads, all those kind of things. And we want to relive the story. 
But the thing is, like we've been talking in the series that we've just completed, how that as Christians, we are changed by the events of each that we are people of the resurrection. And in the same way, we are changed by the events of Pentecost. We are not only people of the resurrection, we are people of Pentecost. We are people of the Holy Spirit. We, we let the Holy Spirit run and rule our lives. See, what Pentecost did for the early believers with the Holy Spirit coming on and anointing them and giving them power to be able to go and spread the good news to all of those people around the place, to, to have so many people come to say yes to Jesus Christ, we too can have that power. See, Pentecost is about the power of the Holy Spirit being bestowed upon believers. So I ask you this question. Do we as a church live with the power of the Holy Spirit? Do we as Christians live with the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives? Do we let the God's power be upon us and change us and allow us to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, so the wonderful news of God to those around us? See, Pentecost caused a shift in the church. Today we recall um, what happened as a cultural shift. See, they didn't stay the same once the Holy Spirit came. They didn't stay the same after Pentecost. There was a cultural shift in the believers, a cultural shift in the church because of what happened at Pentecost, because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the believers. See, no longer were the disciples hiding away in the upper rooms, afraid that they may be found out that they were being they were a follower of Jesus Christ. See, the disciples, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they changed the world. This continues, this shift of culture continues in the church and continues today. We should not only note that Pentecost happens and celebrate it once a year, we should be actually living it out on a daily basis. We should be allowing this cultural shift of God's presence to be upon us as believers, as the church, to change us and change our lives. Day in, day out, we should be letting that happen. We should be allowing that happen. We should be open up to that possibility for our lives. See, Pentecost is not this isolated event that happens to the disciples after Jesus leaves. Pentecost is part of the change that has been happening with the disciples since they first met Jesus and they were following Jesus. This is part, Pentecost is part of the journey of the disciples. It is not this isolated event at the end. It is a flow of events, a flow of change, a flow of cultural shift going from the time they met Jesus by the time they were called to be fishers of men, fishers of people, to this point when they're going out and talking about the wonderful news of God. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit represents a massive cultural shift in our church. 
it represents a cultural shift from just the hollow, pious words, the pomp and ceremony that has happened with the religious leaders of the time that has no power to a point where there is power because God is present. That is a massive shift in who we are as believers. And it's something that we can have again today as well. We can have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us as a church and upon us as individuals. And that is what we should be praying for. That is what we should be asking for. We should be asking for the Holy Spirit to be upon our lives, giving us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, giving us the ability to go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to show the love of God in the world around us. But I, I want to, what I want to do, I want to explain why I'm saying that Pentecost is part of the cultural shift of the early church and why it is so important that we actually embrace and we seek the power of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. <clears throat> First of all, let me share with you a little high-level overview of how cultural change happens within organisations. And I'm going to use a little bit of... Um, some business cultural change terminologies to actually help us understand what Jesus had been doing with the disciples all through that time and why Pentecost is so important as part of that cultural shift and cultural change within the church and why it gave it so much power and so much influence. And yet I think we have lost so much today because we just don't let Pentecost be a part of our lives. We should be a people of the resurrection. We should be a people of the power of the Pentecost, of the Holy Spirit living through our lives. So let me tell you this. Here's the high-level view of, of cultural change and, 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 and what we need to do and allow it to happen. I'll give you six points really briefly, really quickly, just to open it up for us. But it also, what I'm then going to do is just show you how Jesus fulfilled these and how the coming of the Holy Spirit helped this become a part of this cultural shift for the church. This is about how we change a culture of an organisation from one point to what is new. See, Jesus had the Jewish church. Jesus had the church of the time. They had the religious leaders, and yet he was wanting to shift them from where they had found themselves. There was more about rules and living in a particular fashion than allowing God's love and grace to come and open up. It was more about what had happened rather than what God is doing. And I just didn't see that, that Jesus was the Son of God that came to forgive their sins. It was about that huge shift in thinking, but in the culture that is there, in, in the whole nature of what the church is actually on about. See, here are six things that allow organisations to shift culture. The first thing is that you, you, you need to define basically what are your desired values and behaviours. Well, what do you want us to be? What do you want to be? And how are you going to behave in all that? Secondly, you then need to align your culture, so your desired values and behaviours, 
with the strategies and processes that you use as an organisation. So if we want to be fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ, we actually need to live that out. We can't just say it. We need to embody it. We need to do it. We need to have strategies that will help us to lead people to become fully devoted disciples. We need to have this as part of who we are. We need to, thirdly, we need to connect our culture and accountability. What we say we're going to live out, the values and behaviours that we're going to be, we need to actually be accountable to have them and do them. We also need to then, you know, fourthly, have highly visible people who are living out these values and behaviours, who are living out the strategies and processes, who are showing that they are accountable. We need to have that being visible within the world around us, within our own organisation and for those outside. They need to be there. We need to define what are the non-negotiables. What is going to break if we don't do it? What are the non-negotiables? And then sixthly and finally, we need to align our culture with who we are. And we are children of God. And our culture needs to align with that brand. We need to align everything that we do, not just some of it, not just Sunday for this little time, but everything, who we are, we need to align it. So let me, let me put it into place. Now, this is not terminology that Jesus would have used. This is not terminology that you would normally associate with the church, but it allows us to think through that process that has been happening with the disciples as Jesus came and invited them in to follow him and be, be fishers of people to come and be a follower of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was showing them and challenging them, molding them, shaping them, doing all of these things and showing what it meant that he was the Messiah. You know, if we, if we just go back to that, that full series we did on Mark's Gospel and looking at the words, ways and works of Jesus Christ, it'll show the change that happens, show what Jesus did in that process. But it's all to bring about this change, this shift in people, but this shift in our religious organisation we call the church. And that is what we want. So let, let, let me put it in here. So we see that Jesus is defining what are the desired values and behaviours as he's teaching the disciples. He's using it in parables. He's using it in the way he goes out and teaches them and what he does. He uses it in the patterns of the behaviours he has. He, he shows what it means for his disciples to actually be these fishers of people. He shows what it means that this is our values. This is what it means to be in the kingdom of God and this is what it means to be outside. This is the behaviour that you have. This is the behaviour that means you are out. You know, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he, he gave them the value and the behaviour that he needed to have to get into the kingdom of God, what it meant for that, to give up everything and allow God to take control. Values and behaviours. Jesus was actually defining what those are. We see that Jesus is, is aligning the values and behaviours of the disciples. So the people he's particularly speaking into, Jesus is aligning their, their, their values and behaviours as he's teaching them and the strategies that they are using to reach out 
with the good news of Jesus Christ. So when he says go into, into the, the cities and the, the towns looking for persons of peace to, to actually go out and find people where the peace of God can go and rest upon that household and go and spend time with them and tell them about Jesus Christ, he's, he's actually aligning the values and behaviours and the strategies and the processes all together. He's making this a part of the daily existence of the disciples as he's living with them. <clears throat> we see that Jesus is connecting what is this new culture with a high degree of accountability. See, the parable of the talents gives us a wonderful example of, of, of this high degree of accountability for what God has given us and our, ability, our, our need to use it appropriately for God's kingdom and God's purposes. He also showed that he lived with accountability with his disciples in his prayer life, within the support and debriefing that he gave each of the disciples as they, they went out to proclaim the good news to the world around them. Not only was Jesus highly visible, but we see today as we remember Pentecost that the disciples lived out this new culture and lived out the good news of Jesus and let God lead them in all of the ways of their lives. God worked through them and the power of the Holy Spirit was upon them. We see that this, these disciples, these leaders who were simple folk, and we even see it in this, you know, where it says that they came from all over the place and, the, and they were going, how could this be when, when these people are speaking just from Galilee, when these people who are speaking are just simple fisher people? They're just simple folks and yet they've got language that they shouldn't have, yet they're doing things and exclaiming the, the, the power of God in their, in their lives and what it means to, to be forgiven of their sins. They, they, they're talking about what Jesus has done in such a powerful way that people are changing and saying yes to Jesus. They are the highly visible people who are showing what it means to live out the values and behaviours, to do the strategies and the processes, to be accountable for the culture that has happened. And we can also see that the non-negotiables of faith in Jesus Christ, that faith in Jesus to save is being lived out and is being cemented as the central tenet of the Christian faith of what it means to be a Christian, that we have belief in Jesus Christ, that what Jesus did on the cross that saves all of us. All we have to do is have faith in Jesus Christ and ask for his forgiveness of sins. See, while Jesus and the disciples were not trying to run a business or do an organisational cultural change in, in the business sense, see, this, what, what we can see is the notion of cultural change that we see as people have looked at and seen how, how organisations shift and change and have, have, have codified that, put that into business practice, we can actually take that and see that that is actually something that has happened. We can see that that's actually 
processes that Jesus went through and changed the culture, went from what was a pious faith that Jesus even said, you are like whitewashed tombs. Whitewashed on the outside, dead on the inside. To change it from that to alive with the power of the Holy Spirit upon these people, proclaiming the good news, living it out day in, day out. See, Pentecost is not an isolated event. The teaching of Jesus is not an isolated event. Easter is not an isolated event. They're all part of the change that had been happening within the church and within people's lives. And, and each year that we remember Pentecost, each year that we remember Easter, each year as we remember Christmas, each year as we remember what has happened, transpired, it is not just about trying to remember and come back to this. It is about letting God speak fresh and anew into our lives again and again, allowing God's Holy Spirit to come upon us and change us and give us the power to allow God to change us, to allow God to bring ongoing cultural change within our church, which happens because people are changed, to bring ongoing cultural change within our lives, so let us be like those first disciples at Pentecost. Let us be full of the Holy Spirit and boldly proclaim that Jesus is the salvation of the world. So let us just pray. Let us just ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon our lives, to come upon us now. A gracious, holy God, I ask that right now, right now in our midst that you will come down upon us like you did on those disciples and give us your power, your power to proclaim, your power to change, your power to heal, your power to do amazing things, your power in our lives. May your Holy Spirit be upon us. Lord, anoint us, anoint us afresh, anoint us new. May you, O oh God, come upon your believers and give them the strength, the glory and the power that only you can give them. May we today go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to those around us. We ask this in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen indeed.